the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Do you know the name Christina Bob? You might. If you've been following Trump, you might know the name Christina Bob. She has been brave enough to say yes to be interviewed on this show, knowing that I don't necessarily support her boss. So we're going to talk to her because she's got a new book out called Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. Inside the Trump legal team. Next. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. All right. This election cycle is already promising to be historic in so many ways. On the one hand, we've got the the incumbent, the Democrat, Joe Biden, who we really can see every day isn't capable of doing this job. And it makes you worry and wonder who's who's running the show while Joe Biden's out there is just sort of the prop. On the other hand, the leading candidate on the Republican side right now is the former president, Donald Trump, who's got legal issues just bombarding his campaign and standing in the way. And yet the more charges he incurs, the more popular he seems to become. Well, we've decided to book a guest, an author, a lawyer, a former Marine, and a woman who is part of his legal team. Her name is Christina Bob. Her book is called Stealing the Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. And you may be surprised by her conclusions in this book. I certainly was. This isn't what I expected from someone on the Trump legal team. So stick around because Christina is next. And it's there are some revelations here that I think everyone should know about. I also think everyone should know about Genucel. You know that I believe in this product. Did your face enjoy this summer as much as you did? I mean, there was a lot to enjoy, but listen to Ella from Rockford, Illinois. I have both age and acne spots, and this stuff is actually fading. Both of them, this serum is worth every penny. Ella is raving about the dark spot corrector from Genucel. It is a must-have after months out in the humidity. I mean, we're talking sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, even inflamed patches. They will all disappear in front of your eyes. And here's the Genucel amazing guarantee. You'll see results day one guaranteed or your money back. So why wouldn't you try it? Take advantage of the Genucel most popular package, which now includes the dark spot corrector, plus the classic Genucel bags and puffiness treatment and immediate effects for under the eyes. Great stuff. All at about 70% off. So you can try the best skincare in the world and you can do it completely risk-free. Did you know that Genucel, check this out. Did you know that Genucel offers a compliments guarantee? They'll give you your money back if you don't get a compliment on how much younger you look. And they're just going to take your word for it. So it's simple. Go to Genucel.com slash Michelle Today, start looking years, even decades younger tomorrow. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle. Say goodbye to dark and liver spots, bags and puffiness under the eyes, crow's feet at com slash Michelle. com slash Michelle with one L. You'll see results day one. You'll get compliments everywhere you go. 
guaranteed. Genucel.com slash Michelle. Genucel.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. All right. You want to hear about the election of 2020 and what one former Marine, current lawyer, also a reporter, found? Christina Bob is our guest. And I, I think, as I was surprised, you're going to be surprised. Stick around. Christina, welcome. I have so many questions first about you because you have a fascinating background and I would love the viewers, listeners to get to know who you are a little bit before we talk about the book and the, the content of the book, which is important as well. Stealing Your Vote is the book. Where were you born? Uh, so I was actually born in Michigan, but I was raised in Arizona, which is kind of funny that they're key states in all of this. But I, you've yeah. got it in the blood. You've got <laughs> like it in your DNA. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But I was raised in Arizona. Okay. And at what point in your life did you become a, mari a Marine? It was right after I had uh, passed the bar, actually. I had gone through law school. I did the JD MBA program thinking I was going to be a big corporate litigator um, thinking that sounded fancy. And I did the internships and all of that through law school and realized that I didn't want to do that. And I thought I wanted something adventurous. And I thought, what's fun and exciting and, you know, just exciting. And I was going to law school in San Diego. And so, of course, I had a bunch of Marine friends. And I thought, what the heck, I'll join the Marine Corps. So, like, shortly after I passed the bar, I just kind of switched uh, trajectories and joined the Marine Corps. I mean, that is, I don't know that I've ever met anyone <laughs> with such a, look, I went to, to grad school as well for business. I have a master's in business and I had friends who were doing the JD MBA program. And mm -hmm. I thought, my gosh, that just seems impossibly tough and so rigorous. And you invested all that time in this JD MBA. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now... You join the Marines. It's yeah. it just such a such a sharp turn. So you join the Marines. How did it live up to your expectations? Oh, it was an adventure for sure. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. Actually, I actually ended up getting back out and doing corporate litigation, thinking you know that's the adult way to go or whatever. And I just realized I, it's not you know it, to me personally and no offense to corporate lawyers but it just wasn't exciting it wasn't anything that i could see myself doing for 30 years uh so i went back into the marine corps again and um mobilized to germany and i was that's when i was stationed in germany i had done afghanistan when i was on active duty and it's it's an adventure i mean i got a whole different kind of education doing it and i'm so grateful for that opportunity it was tough too for all the reasons you would think it was tough but yeah yeah physically mentally yeah. psychologically demanding i would imagine i mean that's yep. we've we've all seen you know all the films and 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 talk to enough people to know 
Uh, but that it's fascinating to me that you did this. And then you got into television and, um, and, and how did you get first become connected to Donald Trump? So it was actually, I, I was a political appointee in his administration, actually, after I got out of the Marine Corps the second time, um, I moved to Washington, D.C. and joined the Trump administration at the Department of Homeland Security. But I, I was not connected to him in any way. Technically, I was a political appointee, but I, I really had no affiliation with him or really anybody at the White House. Uh, I was just doing national security work uh, at DHS. Um, and then after I left DHS, I went to One American News and was reporting at the White House on uh, November 3rd, 2020. And I started reporting on the election irregularities and he just started watching my reports. And then I, I ended up unintentionally, but just kind of stumbling into the story and reported on it pretty much exclusively for the next year and a half. And he, he, he would call, you know, he likes to have uh, private discussions with reporters. I think that's well known. And he would call me and ask, you know, what's the behind the scenes information. And we would just kind of talk about the stuff I was finding in my investigation and then uh, he realized I was an attorney and said, you know, come join my team. So I moved down to Florida and now I work for Donald Trump. It's just a whiplash, almost turn of events. You're yeah. you're a young person. It's you're visibly young. And so and it's amazing to me that you took this trek. A lot of people would say One American News was they called it extremist far mm -hmm. right. I know very little about the network. What's your response to people who think it was, you know, extreme? I think they should watch it. <laughs> Anybody who says that probably hasn't actually seen a newscast. Um, you know, I'm conservative. I made no, I, I didn't try to hide that in any way. It was a conservative network, but I was never told by the network what I was allowed to say or what I had to say. They just kind of let me loose. And I would go, I talk, I mean, I spent months on the ground in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, all over the place just talking to people and they would just let me report what I was saying. And, you know, I was branded a, a right wing extremist for talking about the election, but I was, I was talking to elected officials, county clerks, volunteers, poll workers. I mean, I, I was just interviewing the people that were involved and apparently, you know, just reporting the facts from the ground is extreme these days. Well, yes, uh, there's no question. We are so, so, so divided. And so you know, the gap between the furthest ends on the spectrum is massive. So yes, that is happening. I mean, you know, it seems like you're either a right wing network or you're a left wing network and yeah. very, very little in between these days. At least that's the way it's being portrayed. Um, so did you th think at the time that you were reporting on the election that, you know, it is known that the president will call reporters directly, the former mm -hmm. president, Donald Trump, would call reporters directly. How did you think, did you think that was appropriate? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was inappropriate by any means. It was, um, the first time he called, it was kind of fun and, and shocking. I certainly didn't expect it. Um, he'd been retweeting some of my tweets for a little while, which in and of itself was an honor. To, from my perspective, I, I was very honored that he did that. Um, and then when he called, it was very, uh, very disarming, actually. He was very normal. It was like I was talking to someone I'd known a long time. and. Uh, it just seemed like a normal conversation. He wasn't, he never ever did anything like, hey, will you say this? Or will you say, he never tried to influence anything. He really was just asking questions. Uh, so I, I thought it was great. I really appreciated the fact that he liked my work enough to reach out and see if there was anything else that I hadn't reported publicly. So let's get to your work because your book now out, Stealing Your Vote, there, 
this this whole 2020 election is the center of so much controversy on both sides. There are people who believe that Donald Trump tried to steal the election, that January 6th was an insurrection, that, yeah. uh, you know, that, that the Democrats stole it, that they all these allegations. Right. You did reporting when you started your reporting. What were you looking for? What were you specific? What was the question you needed answered in your mind? Right. Well, I went into it thinking I was going to find a lot of Democrat corruption and that Democrats had stolen the election from Republicans. And, you know, there was just there was going to be blatant. And I thought there was blatant activity. I mean, we saw them boarding up the windows in Michigan and Pennsylvania. Like, I, I thought there were very overt actions that were irregular. Um, and I expected to find that Democrats were behind all of it. Uh, and that is not entirely what I found. <laughs> what did you find? Uh, the way I like to summarize it is Democrats cheated, but Republicans covered it up. There's, this was very much a joint effort between Democrats and Republicans. For example, uh, the Racine County Sheriff found that the five uh, commission, five of the six commissioners at the Wisconsin Election Commission, which is basically the Secretary of State in in Wisconsin. Uh, he found that they committed election fraud. They did uh, a year-long investigation into it, got several witnesses, and actually referred charges to the district attorney in Racine saying these folks committed election fraud. The Republican district attorney refused to prosecute. She just said, I don't have jurisdiction. I'm not going to do it, which, of course, she has jurisdiction over crimes committed in her county. But um, she just refused to do it. And there's, there's more stories like that on the Republican side than there are on the Democrat side, quite honestly. Uh, so it, it was so shocking then, to me the, that, well, I, you know, I haven't read your book yet in, in full transparency. So I, it, this is really interesting to get this kind of information from you. So why would you think that Re Republic, so you're saying that both Republicans and Democrats wanted Trump out. Is that, is that your conclusion that, that, yes. Okay. Yeah. My, my conclusion, I mean, I don't say it quite like this in the book, but I, I would say, it's not Republican versus Democrat anymore. It's this political elitist class versus the rest of America. And the political elitism is in both parties. And we have to clean it out of both parties. I, for When I made these findings about Republicans, I was obviously very upset about it and thought, oh my gosh, we've been betrayed, you know, and all of the like kind of whirlwind of emotions that go into it. But as I continued pushing through and trying to learn more and more, I realized it's actually a really good thing considering where we're at because we can clean it up. If this was only a Democrat thing and there was nothing Republicans could do about it, uh, to me, that would be a more daunting task. But because Republicans are so involved in this, conservative Americans have a lot of power and we have a lot of authority because we put those people into office and we can take them out. So um, it, it's, you know, it cuts both ways. Yeah, it, it does. Um, now that you are part of the legal team down in Florida, what what is your focus at this point? I, I, here's here's what I hear, and this mm -hmm. is just in my my experiences. So I can't speak for everyone because I do think we're all sort of in our own little bubbles, you know. And right. few of the bubbles connect, unfortunately, where we are right now. But I hear people that are tired of talking about January 6th, tired of talking about the 2020 election. They right. want to move forward. And listen, uh, you know, there are plenty of people who want to see two totally different candidates running. So this right. has got to be very challenging 
if you're part of the Trump team. What is it that you're working on now, if you can tell us? Sure. So I still work on election integrity issues. That's what he brought me on to do as an attorney. Uh, certainly, we've gotten into a lot more litigation than we anticipated being in. So I do provide litigation support as well. But uh, my primary responsibility is election related, um, which coincidentally is kind of pertinent to both the D.C. and Georgia cases. Yes. I'm not on those trial teams, but I do provide support for that. Okay. The, the, that's Those are the two. <laughs> well, and then there's the, the Mar-a-Lago raid we could talk about. But <laughs> yeah. um, those things are are really being held up as these egregious charges. I'd like to get, if you can, a very honest take from you right. about all of these different charges. I, I think that the Stormy Daniels case, people are kind of like, that, that one it doesn't, that one was baked in, right? I mean, I think right. people had that baked into the cake with Donald Trump always. But what about these other cases? There are some people who, who just feel as though this former president is being targeted by his political opponents. That is the narrative. Mm -hmm. How would you support that narrative? Or do you think that these are legitimate charges? I don't think they're legitimate charges. And he absolutely is being targeted by his political opponents for crimes that have never been brought before. I mean, uh, in Washington, D.C., both in Washington, D.C. and Georgia, and the documents case is a little bit separate, but um, in D.C. and Georgia, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump believed he lost the election and that he made up the whole rigged election narrative for the purpose of overthrowing a lawful election. Now, I, I don't know anybody who thinks that Donald Trump thinks he lost that election. Uh, he's been very adamant from the beginning, never wavered that he won that election. And the reason why they have to charge it that way is because if he actually believed that he won the election and that he was witnessing you know, a, a rigged election, he was the president of the United States and he had a constitutional obligation to do exactly what he did, which is reach out to the state legislatures, file cases in court, use every legal means possible to, to say, hey, we have a real serious problem here. Let's take a closer look at this and ask those with the authority to do so, to do so, which is what he did. Uh, and so this idea that he believes he lost and it was all fake, to me, that's a huge telegraph that they know they don't have a case, but they're, they're trying to shut him down somehow. And this was the best that they could come up with. How do you, in a legal sense, prove that someone believed one thing or another? I, I would think that's a very tall ask. It is a very tall ask. Unless he came out and was saying, I know I lost, or, you know, he, he came out on TV or they've got a recording or, you know, a hundred witnesses that say Donald Trump said he lost the election, but he wants to create this, you know, ultra side story that maybe people will believe. Like without an admission from Donald Trump saying that he believed he lost, which doesn't exist. Uh, I don't think they can prove that. I don't I don't think they actually intend to prove their charges. I think they're hoping that they can get a, an entire jury with Trump derangement syndrome and simply convict him for being Donald Trump. But I don't see under any normal situation where they can actually prove the crime as alleged. That's really interesting. Trying to prove that someone believed something. I, again, I think what they've tried to collect are enough people who said, you know, Mr. President, you've lost. Mr. President, yeah. you've lost. Um, do they have enough of that? 
I don't think so. Because how do they connect the fact that, well, in the way, sorry, I'm going to back up just a second. So yes, yeah. they bring in, they mentioned a bunch of people that said, Mr. Trump, you lost, President Trump, you lost, President Trump, you lost. But then they also indict him for listening to other government officials who said, no, we think you won. We think you won, particularly from the Department of Justice. And then his legal team were like, no, we're seeing problems. So they're basically saying, you illegally listened to these people when you should have been listening to these people. And they have to prove that he believed the people they wanted him to. And he like, it's so convoluted and concocted because he's got in the indictment itself, there's two sets of advisors, one saying one thing, the other are listed as co-conspirators, but they're both just advisors giving him advice. And apparently it's illegal to listen to one set of advisors over the other. And they have to yeah. prove that he he actually was listening to the ones that they wanted him to, but was playing along with the other ones. I mean, it, it's silly. It's just silly. It, it, it's an amazing uh, what no matter what you think about Donald Trump, this is a really fascinating case. And I'm sure it's fascinating to be part of it. Um, the, the documents case as well. I mean, I, I I just when all of that happened, the raid, et cetera, this is look. This is not an issue of whether or not you're cheering for Donald Trump. To me, this is an issue of what do you want the laws to be? Do you want them applied evenly to everyone? And yep. w when they're not, what should happen? So, you know, <laughs> on the one hand, we're seeing a, a kid named Hunter Biden, I call him a kid, uh, being really protected from mm -hmm. all kinds of legal accusations and so forth, from all kinds of litigation although he is going to be indicted on this gun charge, apparently by the end of September. But having that aside, now you see this mass of lawsuits or charges against the former president. Um, on this, uh, Just on the face of it, clearly it's making a lot of voters, not all voters, but a lot of voters pretty upset. Why or why shouldn't they be upset? They should be upset because they're using millions of dollars in government resources for political purposes. And they're they're proving Donald Trump right when he says they're not after me, they're after you. I'm just in the way. And now this Georgia case with the 18 additional uh, co-defendants, he's proving their point. And they've charged almost 20 people up in Michigan uh, for, for similar acts. And so the le I say the left, as I mentioned before, it's not really right and left. It's this political class versus the rest of America. They are after us. And the reason they're going after attorneys is because they want to make sure that no attorneys will take a case like this. So the rest of us, when I when I or anybody else tries to speak out against it and they want to throw me in jail for it, they don't want any attorney to show up to defend me. So that's why they're going after the lawyers. They don't want us to have our defense. So Americans should be very upset about this and it should spur everybody to action because this gets cleaned up from the bottom up, not from the top down. Clearly, the Biden administration isn't going to clean up their own corruption. So it's got to come from the precinct level. It's got to come from the county level. That's where we have to clean this up. And that's how we take our country back. And how do you think we can do that? Is there enough courage? Is there enough realization? Is there enough kind of overall knowledge and wisdom to get that done? I, I feel a little bit hopeless about it myself. Yeah, I, I get that question a lot. Uh, it's not hopeless. There are a lot of really great people out doing the work right now. Of course, no one's talking about them in the news because the news doesn't want you to know what they're doing. Uh, but there's tremendous grassroots organizations in all 50 states 
working at the precinct and county level to clean it up. Who would have thought that the most important election that you need to focus on is your county recorder, your county commissioner or supervisor, however they refer to them in your counties. And there's an organization called causeofamerica.org, causeofamerica.org. Mike Lindell actually put it together. All, all it is is a, um, a network. If you are looking to get involved in your local area, you can be in the middle of Kansas, you can be in the middle of New York, wherever. Uh, it's a network of people that have their own grassroots organizations in all in every county, in every state. So if you want to get involved, you can reach out to causeofamerica.org and they will tell you which organizations in your area you can get plugged into. So it's taking off. I mean, there, there's a lot of progress being made. People just aren't talking about it because, you know, the media won't talk about it. Well, it's so interesting. Um, you know, I, I live in Minnesota. Mike Lindell's company is based here. Uh, I think I've spoken to him once on the radio. He has been cast as kind of a, you know, a conservative, just uh Trump uh, sycophant. And so it's, it's really almost anyone that is working for or with president, the former president is cast in such a way. And I just wonder how that is for you. Like it's, it, yeah. it, you know, because it's, I, I'm, I'm, it's, I don't believe in characterizing any one group of people in any particular way. And I think what's right. getting lost on people. And again, truth be told, Christine, if I had my druthers, neither Biden nor Trump would be running. If, if that's, that's just me. I, I would, ra I would like to see some fresh because I, I want this country to be united. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that either of these candidates represent that to most of America. Uh, certainly Donald Trump unites a certain group of people. Uh, I think Biden is losing his unification capabilities by the moment over any group. But I just I would like to see us come together. So I, I mean, no offense by that. And I I'm very open to having this conversation with you yeah. because you're very much on the inside of this. And I want to learn. So, right. you know, what is it like to be on that team Trump and right. accept all the or have to defend, I guess, all the bludgeoning that comes your way? Well, it it's terrible. I mean, as far as all of the attacks that we each receive individually, uh, I mean, I've had the U.S. Marshal show up to my house. I've had the FBI show up to my house. I've been interrogated. I've been I've had to testify. I've been subpoenaed a kajillion times. Why have times they come to your house? For subpoenas, um, to issue subpoenas. So it, it's, you know, apparently it comes with the territory. But to me, that sends a message that Donald Trump's the only one they're scared of. And quite honestly, I think Donald Trump's the only one that can clean out this administrative state. Um, and people say, oh, well, I don't like the fact that Donald Trump is rather gruff or I don't like his mean tweets, whatever. I don't think there's another person on the planet who could withstand the types of attacks that Donald Trump has withstood in the, the political state or political class, whatever you want to call it, the establishment, the aristocracy. They recognize that Donald Trump has the strength to get us through this because right now the American people are not in control of their government and we need to be. And Donald Trump's purpose and everything that he's doing is to return control of the American government back to the American people and get rid of this political class. He's already a billionaire. He doesn't need to be doing this. He's not doing this for any type of ego trip. He's doing it because he knows that America's worth saving and he can save it. I mean, the Ron DeSantis of the world, they, they can't withstand any of this. So uh, as far as uniting the country, I think as truth comes out and, you know, we still have these big messages coming from the leftist media that Donald Trump is bad, Donald Trump is bad. 
with all of these cases, they've now given Donald Trump a platform to prove his case. Even burden of proof is not his, but he's going to be able to demonstrate what actually took place. And I, I think that will unite people. Once people understand the level of corruption in our government, I think people will and already are starting to uh, unite behind Donald Trump. Well, it's it's interesting because that that is something I agree with, that there is corruption in the government. I mean, there's just there's no question about it. And unfortunately, not all of the media are doing their jobs right. They they just yeah. aren't asking the pertinent questions. And it's sometimes it's just as a former reporter where you are there to dig up. It doesn't matter if you're covering sports or politics, right. you're got to ask the right questions. Right. And I don't think the right questions are being asked in the White House briefing, at least not by everybody. And, and it, it's it's amazing to me. Right. Um, and it feels like there are just a bunch of sheep out there who like kind of like to hand over control to this this government that really has done some things that have really hurt America. And it's uh, so th that is I, I would I, I agree with you. That is what Donald Trump represents or wants to say to people. Look, we got to get rid of the corruption. Unfortunately, as you've mentioned, there is a lot of what do you want to call it? Trump derangement syndrome, whatever people who think he is, you know, the second coming of the worst thing that ever has happened to mankind. Um, you, you know, it's, it's really, that's the part that troubles me because right. he does have a, a really solid base of enthusiasm, but then everybody else, it, it's just, they feel 180 degrees different. I don't think there's anyone who's agnostic toward Donald Trump <laughs> who doesn't feel one way or the other. And that's, that is my fear. I, I, what, when people go to get your book, it's again, it's called stealing your vote. And I think it's, I think two things can be true. I, I've gotten grilled. Do you believe that the election was fair? You know, the, two things can be true. You can say the election is over. Joe Biden won, but I do believe there was corruption in the election. And I don't think it's probably, I probably, I don't think it's the first time that we've had corruption no. in elections. I live in Minnesota and I think there's <laughs> been plenty. Um, so, I think those two thoughts can be held by the same human. It's not like if you think, well, yeah, I think Biden won the election. That doesn't mean the election was perfectly fair, that it was right. clean. And how anyone can come to that conclusion without really sorting through the facts is a mystery to me. You seem to have sorted through the facts. What What is your one reason that people should go read this book? Because we need you involved to clean it up. Donald Trump has outed the problem. He's exposed what we all kind of suspected was there, but nobody really focused on. He's exposed it all. He's doing what he can to combat it. But it is going, this is an all hands on deck moment because it has to be cleaned up at the precinct level. I would encourage everyone, whether it's my book or, or some other way you, you get informed on the topic, please get informed and get involved because we need everybody involved. This is an all hands on deck clarion call moment uh, for us to right this ship. We have the ability to do it, but we have to do it in 2024. Well, it's going to be just a, an incredibly historic election cycle. <laughs> I, I, we know that for sure. Christina, it's so great to meet you and to talk to you. You have an amazing background and you're living an incredibly challenging, exciting, historic sort of moment. And uh, I applaud you for, for everything that you've done and for withstanding all the pressure. And we thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. All right. She is Christina Bob. The book is Stealing Your Vote. It really fascinating stuff. I know that people like to just say, oh, election's over with. 
we're done with it. We're moving on. But do you want to move on and face future elections that may also be have some fraud? We don't want that. This is America, for God's sakes. So be brave, do good, and we'll see you next time. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.